The King's Council community is designed to equip entrepreneurs to operate in excellence through proven God-given templates and kingdom principles. Now, we believe that entrepreneurship is God-given, which is why our mission is to create wealth and provision for the purpose of confirming God's covenant on this earth. So whether you are a new entrepreneur or heck, maybe you're looking to become one, looking to go from employed to deployed, then we have a program for you. Or if you're an existing business leader looking for that tribe or that community to run with to discover what true success and prosperity in life actually is, not just within the financial means, but mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually as well. If you're looking for that purpose, or if you know that God has more purpose for you in the kingdom, then the King's Council is the tribe for you. Like-mindsetted, bold, kingdom leaders on mission, willingly engaging in the battle of business, continually conquering new territories to bring the spoils of the world back into the kingdom. The Kingdom Economy. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and we have got ourselves a treat today. A dude that I actually was listening to his podcast. You guys are going to hear more about that. And um, I immediately messaged Chelsea, and I was like, we got to get this guy on the show. So ladies and gentlemen, from the Undaunted Life Podcast, welcome, Mr. Kyle Thompson. What's up, Kyle? I'm doing good. Happy to be here, man. (laughs) It sounded like a South Park reference, and I was like, "What's up, Kyle?" <laughs> I don't know if you watched that show back. That in the wouldn't day. be that wouldn't be the first time somebody made fun of Kyle's mom and all the different things <laughs> that went along with that. So I'm used to it by now. <laughs> oh man, that's good. I haven't seen that show in a long time since I've you know given my life to Christ and put all that stuff behind me. <laughs> South Park. Hey, they the still best. make some good jokes. Yeah, they they, do. it's yeah. not the the most wholesome content for the family, but. You know, it's funny from time to time. It it is, it is, man. I'm impressed at how quickly they spit stuff out with their just like new news that just comes out, and then all of a sudden there's a South Park episode like two weeks later. It's crazy to me. Well, that's <laughs> what happens whenever you have the most rudimentary drawings possible because nobody watches South Park because of how beautiful it is and how great the artistic quality is. That's not what they watch it for, but it is still impressive they can crank content out like that. Yeah, and dude, even just saying that, I think. That's probably why I was so so just attracted to your show and Undaunted Life, being a, a podcast guy. I just loved the content, man, that that you were uh, were spitting out because like no nonsense at all. And uh, I think the episode that I that I was listening to was something along the lines of God doesn't want you to be fat, or I forget the actual title of it, yeah. but I just like I'm like yeah, a hundred percent. This is I mean we should be operating in excellence in everything that we do. And I really think, man, that's, that's kind of your, your philosophy here with, with starting Undaunted Life. Am I, if I'm, am I right with that? Yeah. I mean, the, the episode, I think it was uh, being fat dishonors God. And that's the thing is we've grown up and we've been marinated in this milieu of conservatives and Christians are just really, really, really nice. And you can push us and push us and push us until we get our backs, you know, completely back towards the wall. And then we'll push back just a little bit, just so we can have some breathing room. But a lot of what conservatives and Christians are doing now, regardless of your you know, political persuasions or your religious persuasions, these people are now fighting back because a lot of conservatives and Christians were starting to realize that one day the war was over and they realized they never put on their armor. They never put on their helmet. They never picked up the sword. They didn't even participate in the battle and the war's now passed them by. 
And that's not going to happen anymore. And so whether you're talking about the nonsense going on in the public schools, whether you're talking about what's happening within government, what's happening overseas, it's time for people to kind of push back. But that's kind of the whole deal about what we do here at Undaunted Life is we equip men to push back darkness. That is our mission, equipping men to push back darkness. Now, as a man, how are you going to push back the darkness of something like critical race theory at you know a school board meeting if you don't know what critical race theory is? You don't know what critical legal studies is. You don't know about the Frankfurt School. You don't know about Karl Marx. You don't know about any of these things. You just know buzzwords. And so you want to get mad. You want to get frustrated. You want to push back. But it's like you're not equipped to do so. The same thing is like if you're not equipped, if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not, if you're not spending time in prayer, if you're not growing in your discipleship set up with Christ, it's going to eventually you're going to run aground because there's all these worldly philosophies that have to end up somewhere. But part of the reason why atheism doesn't work as a worldview is because if we're just all, you know, a random gathering of atoms that, you know, used to be monkeys, that used to be fish, that used to be stardust, then none of this matters. Your philosophy doesn't matter. You shouldn't trust your brain, any of those types of things. And so that's why we hit the subjects that we hit on our show. We do not shy away from anything. There are a bunch of effeminate pastors that have pussified their congregations because they refuse to talk about real subjects. They don't want to talk about abortion. They don't want to talk about CRT. They don't want to talk about Black Lives Matter. They don't want to talk about transgenderism. And in the month of June, I'm not sure where you're going to release this. They're going to get even quieter, you know, about LGBTQ issues and stuff like that. And then here their flocks will be confused about how they should respond culturally. We're just not down for that. I'm so in alignment with with everything you're you're spewing, man. So I absolutely agree. And I want to dive, I want to dive into every little, literally everything that you just said there. But I do want to get a little understanding, man. Like, did you grow up in the church or What's your background a little bit? Like, have you always yeah. just had this this kind of, uh, you got a lion in the, on your wall in the back? Like, have you always had that mentality or that heart? Or when did this really come about, man? Yeah, so I didn't grow up in the church. You know, I was born in Oklahoma. So by dint of birth, right, I'm a Christian, right? Because I was born on red clay. So apparently right. I'm a Christian is, is how it works for most people in Oklahoma. Started going to church on my own because I was in junior high. And that's where all the hot girls hung out on Wednesday nights. And so that's where I wanted to be. And so, you know, I, I made my way there. Uh, there was a guest preacher on a Sunday night service that did this hellfire and brimstone sermon. And, you know, I raised my hand and accepted Christ unless you're Calvinist. And then, you know, basically I'm wired to do that and it was going to happen anyway. And I had no re- free will on the issue. We don't have to get right. to that. But um, <laughs> around the same time, Riley, that I was becoming a Christian, I was also becoming a man. I was learning what it meant to be a man as I was learning what it meant to be a Christian. And there was this dichotomy in my brain of, oh, okay, okay. All the godly men are in the church doing church stuff, praying for each other and tucking their shirts into their khakis and all that. And then all the manly men are out there doing the man stuff, right? They're hunting or, you know, uh, lifting weights or doing all that. I didn't see a lot of cross. And that paradigm carried into my early twenties. And I was just like, man, I hate this music. Why, what is it with this Christian music that just sucks so bad? Why does it seem like I'm singing to Jesus as if he's my Danish boyfriend? Like this makes me really uncomfortable. Why won't pastors talk about these rough subjects? And something that I that I realized is that I realized some men might miss out on who Christ is because they walk into his church and they realize, man, I don't I don't want to be like one of these doughboys. Like I, I'm not wired like these people. Again, that's a false dichotomy. But again, a lot of people feel that way. And so I started working with some men's ministries and I helped start a few. And, you know, for a bunch of different reasons, I didn't feel like they were, you know, moving fast enough or being, you know, aggressive enough. And it really kind of came to our philosophy of most ministries and most, most men's ministries are just women's ministries repackaged for men. Okay. They still talk about the Lamb of God constantly. They talk about, you know, you got to have this emotive relationship with all of your brothers in Christ and all these other things and things that a lot of men don't really align with. 
And so I just wanted to provide a different attitude for that. And it's a longer story of how, how Undaunted Life really got launched. But you know, that's why I sign off every podcast with Keep Seeking the Lion of Judah. It's not because the Lamb of God is not important. The, the exact opposite, in fact. It's that if your understanding of Christ is only Lamb of God, you're not understanding Christ. If your understanding of Christ is only grace, you're not understanding Christ. You have to have the Lion of Judah. You have to have truth. We live in this culture where we, we think it's like, you know, 60% lion and 40% lamb or 90% lamb and 10% lion. No, no, no. It's 100% lamb, 100% lion. That's the only way that you can understand Christ is if you understand him in his totality. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, man. I love it. I love this so much. What I hear you saying, because I, I grew up kind of the same way, dude. I grew up yeah. in South Dakota. Church is right across the street from the bar type of deal. And, you know, it's just like, I didn't know any different. I didn't know that there was actually a relationship. I just thought religion was religion. It was boring. You, you know, mm-hmm. when I get older, I'll do it. And I was just going to live my life the way that I wanted to live my life. And I got rocked at the age of 16. You know, through that process, I went on a complete journey. But in that process, man, it was like, I realized when I looked out at uh, the Christian men that I knew, they were a bunch of khaki wearing Christians. I immediately thought what you, what you thought. It's like, I don't want to be like that. I'm okay if you like wearing khakis. I don't care. Like, I don't care if your button down shirts are, are you know, pressed with a lot of star. I, I don't care about any of that because hunting and playing sports and lifting weights and eating beef jerky and knowing how to fight. Those things don't make you a man. They make you awesome. They don't make you a man. Right. And so, but like the, the understanding is some of those rougher guys, like the guys that I hang out with a lot of jujitsu and Muay Thai fighters, you know, guys that are retired military or they're law enforcement officers or something like that. They don't really understand the, this weakened kind of amoeba like version of what manhood is. Right. And we've been convinced as a culture that, we should be meek. And what meek means is weak, that we should be submissive, that we should be navel-gazing, that we should ask people's permission uh, if to hurt their feelings. But that is not what meekness means. <laughs> like, what people don't understand in a modern parlance what meek means. Meekness is a tremendous amount of strength, strength that is under voluntary control. Or in a Christian context, it's a tremendous amount of strength that is controlled by Christ and unleashed when he needs it to be unleashed. But if you're incapable of unleashing strength or righteous anger because you haven't been practicing for it, you haven't been training for it, then what good are you to the church? Because in a scenario, right? Again, people think this is a crazy scenario. It's simply not. You're walking past somebody who's in the process of being sexually assaulted. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's it's a woman or somebody stronger is taking advantage of somebody weaker. And you're not mentally or physically prepared to intercede. Then how are you going to protect the image of Christ that is on that person? That is currently being violated. If you're not in a place where you can intercede, what are you going to do? Go over there and pray for him. And I'm not a hate on prayer by any stretch of the imagination. You're going to tap the guy on the shoulder as he's, you know, doing this horrible act to somebody and be like, sir, it's according to, to this scripture in the New Testament. You, you really shouldn't do that. No, no, no. Now is the time to protect the Imago day. And we need you to step up and be prepared for that. And most churches and most, most pastors are not preparing men to do that. That's why we're trying to fight back and reject against a lot of that. Yeah, man. I'm about ready to run through a wall here. Let's go, Kyle. You got the wall behind you unless it's fake. You can just run through that one and come back. <laughs> Bro, I'm in my basement right now. This ain't a, a real brick wall. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> there are, uh, you know, there are no callus on these hands. I, I, I say that I'm a manly man, I guess I can't say that. The callus I have are from lifting just weights in my pristine, clean gym. So there's not dirt under these fingernails. How about that? So (laughs) 
<laughs> so that, that all being said, man, this is what gets me really, really fired up here with the church in itself and just the, the modern day church here in America, which, you know, I believe it, we're so blessed to live in, in this country. It's, it's just unbelievable. A lot of us just take, take for granted just the God-given rights that we have here in America. Mm-hmm. But then uh, we're just going about it. Like we're just we're just choosing to go through the motions. And what gets me excited? Well, I mean, just take take it back to like when the COVID pandemic kind of went down, March of 2020. What just hit me so hard at that time? My daughter was eight, and I looked down at her when I was, you know, the news is on and all this just crap is is coming at us, right? And and I just looked down at her and I thought, I cannot leave this earth the way it is it, to, to in her hands. Like I got to do something about it. And immediately I thought, well, who am I? But then immediately God whispered in my ear and said, if not you, then who? And I thought, all right. And that's really what the the vision of what we've started with King's Council really kind of started out as of like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I raised my hand, which I believe is what you're you're doing here with the undaunted life. You're raising your hand and it's like, who's with me in this? Who's, who's ready to rise up to what I believe the enemy has done a great job at weakening men, uh, specifically men, uh, which obviously correlates and, and translates into their family that with their relationship with their spouse, their kiddos, and there's legacy impact that's taking that's actually taking place there. And so I love it that you're, you, you're raising your hand with Undaunted Life. Like we are kind of in the entrepreneur space, what you're doing here with, with men. So talk to me about that. How about toxic masculinity? In general, thinking about toxic masculinity, some people are like, oh, that's not a real category. No, it's a real category, but it's not the same definition that culture is giving us. Because culture would say that a toxically masculine man will open the door for a woman and allow her to walk in first. Uh, Toxic masculinity is courting a woman and, and paying for her dinner and those types of things. Toxic masculinity is telling, you know, the public school, you can suck it if you're going to be bringing all of this, you know, LGBTQ nonsense into the school. This this righteous anger, there's not a category for it in this secular world that we live in. But what I see as toxic is what we just saw in Uvalde, Texas, where there were dozens of male police officers that at some point in their life signed on the dotted line that they would be willing to risk their lives to save the lives of the populace. And it didn't happen. It took, you know, three men, one guy that was in the middle of getting a haircut, borrowed a gun and showed up going inside, going full sheepdog and pushing back darkness and killing a killer, right? That's toxic. The cowardice that a lot of those men showed. And again, I back the blue, but I don't back all the blue. Same thing. Believe all women? Of course not. Believe the women that are truthful, right? And so in this scenario, I think there's a lot of heads that should roll, but that's what modern society, what this leftist push in society is going towards is we don't want the men to be masculine. We want the men to be feminine. And we want the women that choose to be feminine to be feminine. But if they choose to be masculine, that's okay too. So they can put on the costume of a man and all of a sudden become a man. And we're just supposed to sit back in a month like June and cheer them on. And everyone said, oh, the slippery slope argument, it's a fallacy. It'll never happen. But think about what happened 15 years ago, right? It was can you please just let us get married? Like, just let us get married. Let us love who we want to love and just leave us alone. And we've come all the way full circle to let us pick your kid's gender. And people are like, wait, wait a minute. Like that's you, you made a big leap. It's like, I didn't make a big leap. The cultural revolution has shot past most people. And now they're scrambling to get caught up. They're trying to figure out what their, their kids are being taught in school. And they don't realize the toothpaste has already left the tube. You can't put that back in. When a teacher who's supposedly uh, part of this homogenous group of heroes, which I don't buy into at all, 
tells your kid that, oh, you're a little girl that's into sports, as opposed to, yeah, you're just a tomboy. It's, you might be a boy. In fact, you are a boy. In fact, we're going to treat you as a boy, pick a boy name, and we're going to get you to a doctor that can help you with this transition. Oh, by the way, don't tell your parents because that's not allowed. So the toxic masculinity that we see, Riley, is passivity in men is men that are letting their wives run their homes, men that are letting everything happen around them without raising hand and saying, hey, I think this is a bad idea. Or yeah, I'm definitely not going to do that because they're scared of being castigated as a bigot. There were a couple of uh, Tampa Bay Rays players in Major League Baseball over the weekend that the Rays were putting like a, a rainbow decal over you know, one of the patches on the shoulder. And I think they did something with the hat. And a handful of Christians on the team said, you know, we love uh, people in the LGBTQ community. However, we are not going to wear these rainbows and represent this ideology because it's it's completely opposite to our worldview. And those guys are being destroyed right now. They might lose their careers as major league baseball players. They may have to go play independent baseball or beer league softball or something like that because it is completely crazy somehow that someone could have a belief system that is outside of this secular hierarchy, which is technically based in nothing. It's like having your feet, you know, firmly planted in midair. Yeah, man, this is so good. I did not know that about that, uh, those baseball players, but good for them, man. Cause that's just, it's what it's going to take is for, for us to actually stand up for what's right. And it was just so eye opening to me again, back to over the last couple of years, a lot of churches that how they responded with what was going on with COVID and, you know, safety aside, sure. Like there's certain things that, that, could make sense. Most of it made no sense at all. And I just love the, you know, the handful of churches or leaders, we'll call them, that were leading their their congregation appropriately, how they've they've really thrived. And and I think that's the biggest thing is that so many of us are choosing to to serve man when ultimately we we need to be serving God number one. And the truth is going to be offensive. The truth is going to get flack from a lot of people. But that's the that's the point of it, right? The the truth is the truth is the truth. And we need men to to actually stand on that firm foundation, right. not in a way that's like gonna turn people away or or crude, or like you said, we love LGBTQ people, but we're not gonna promote that. I'm not gonna say that I, I'm for that. I'm I'm for a human and a soul, absolutely, but I'm gonna stand on what I believe in and what is absolutely true. Well, Riley, it's because we've got this bastardized version of what love is. So love is supposedly telling somebody that regardless of their life decisions, we support them 100%, which nobody actually believes because I have a two-year-old and a two-month-old. If my two-year-old decides, because my two-month-old can you know, barely, he can't, can't do anything right now, but if my two-year-old decided he wanted to sprint off towards the highway, the loving thing is not to be like, I support you. You can be anything you want right. to be. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that's not the loving thing to do. The loving thing is to snatch that kid up and give him a major butt whooping and tell him to never do that again. That's a loving thing. But I, I was talking about this with a few people that I've had on my show. Some of the interviews have been released, some have not. The fight, Riley, used to be between Christianity and atheism, right? You could you can make it more broad and say theism and atheism, but it was really Christianity versus atheism. Now the fight is between woke Christianity and biblically based Christianity, because this is also a month where queer affirming or LGBTQ affirming churches are signaling to the greater community and greater crowd, we love you, we support you no matter what, regardless of what Jesus said. 
Because people like to pretend that Jesus never talked about homosexuality, which he did. If you go to the parts where he talks about sexual immorality at the time, the listener of, you know, Aramaic speakers or people that were writing it down in Hebrew or Greek, when you said sexual immorality at that time, using that language, people knew you meant homosexuality and bestiality and, you know, fornicating outside of marriage and sodomy. They, they knew that. But we pretend that we're smarter now that 2000 years later, we know how to read the Bible now. And isn't it interesting? Our new interpretation of the Bible, our new interpretation is that the stuff that's in the LGBTQ revolution and the stuff that you know leftist politicians like and don't like, it's all of a sudden in here now. It's like, I didn't know the Bible said that. I didn't know Micah 6 meant what it said. I didn't know loving thy neighbor was how you meant it because you say we have to shut down our church or we're not loving our neighbor. Who said you get to define what the church gets to do and not to do? The scary thing for me about all this, Riley, is I'm not as concerned about what happened during the C word, right? You, you've already said it in this podcast, so we're already going to get, you know, you know, tamped down. But <laughs> I'm not worried so much about what COVID happened because we're going to be paying for all the nonsense that we allowed over this two-year span for decades. Kids yeah. that, you know, were plus, you know, put back in school, kids that are emotionally stunted, you know, we have not even begun to pay off the nonsense that we bought, you know, with this two years of idiocy. But what we're going to be seeing that I think should scare everybody, and this isn't conspiracy theory nonsense. I'm not worried about what happened now. I'm worried about the next push because look at all the ground that the government was able to take from you. Hey, guess what? I know you think your business is essential. It's not. You know why? Because I'm a government bureaucrat and I made that decision for you. I'm so sorry. You know, this is a family legacy company and all those different things, but uh, we're just going to have to shut you down because public safety or something, right? Oh yeah. You know, you can keep your job, but the only thing we need, we just need you to get this jab and, you know, don't worry about any of the data. Like we don't need to know any of that. Of course, these these companies wouldn't make something that's unsafe to rush it to market. Like, why would anybody think that? And we're called crazy and we're called, you know, bigoted because we believe in the Bible, we believe in liberty, and we believe in free speech and all these things. But guys, it's the next push. Again, the LGBTQ revolution seems crazy now. Wait until they start really pushing for pedophilia. Because if a seven-year-old can choose their gender, why can't they choose their sexual partner? If, if I'm a you know 50-year-old adult male and I'm trans-aged, why can't I have a sexual relationship with a 12-year-old? Because in my head, I believe that I'm 12 years old. It's never about the push. It's about the next push. We need yeah, to be ready. That's good, Kyle. Man, that is so good. It's never about the push. It's the next one. Dude. Part of my, my heart is with, with the King's Council, too, is, is to raise up those entrepreneurs, those those business leaders that that have that desire to to provide, because I, I believe enemy of vision, provision, and as much as the Bible has a lot to say about money, wealth, and finances, more than even faith and 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 um, really even salvation combined, like way more and like multiple times more. And so I believe that there's, there's certainly, there's a reason for that. Right. And, and ultimately a lot of us get sucked into this money trap and we got to have money and we ultimately end up serving money in our poverty versus those that, that know that money is a tool and, and want to use it as a tool and do that to further the kingdom. Because I, I really think, man, we, we don't, we don't get the right to complain about what we tolerate. And the problem is a lot of us, especially Christians think, well, what am I going to do? Or who am I? Just like I, I had mentioned that that was my my thought was like, who am I? And it's like, no, it just takes a few of us to, to rally the troops to actually do something about it. And I can tell you, it's going to take a lot of money to make that happen, to actually have impact, to have 
the ability to take territory, to get in those willing to get into politics and fight the good fight. Right. And, and I mean, you can look at the, the landscape and see the handful that are out there right now. It ain't a lot, but it's going to take more of us that are, that are willing to fight that good fight with is really just what you're doing with, with the undaunted life, man. I just watched, I have to ask you this. I just watched what is a woman. Did, did you watch that yet, man? So I, I haven't had a chance. I was out of town last week, so I'm going to be reviewing, reviewing it on my show next week. Oh, good. I'll, I'll, I'll for sure listen to that episode, man, because my wife wanted, I was like, I was like, I don't want to watch this because I know I'm just going to get angry. <laughs> and we ultimately, she wanted to watch it. So we watched it. But yeah, the, the whole time, I mean, it, some of it's, it's, it's almost laughable. But then after I sat with it a while, it was like, what the crap? Like, wh- <laughs> what is going on out there? And, um, you know, I just, I applaud, you know, Daily Wire and, and you know, uh, Matt Walsh for, for doing that. <laughs> he had to get, I mean, it's part of the funny thing is just like, as he's, having a, what you would think would be a very logical conversation with somebody with obviously a mental illness. It's so crazy. Just the, the impact that, uh, you know, I think just a, a spiritual impact that's taking place that is, you know, infiltrating, you know, people, but then now into our school systems and everything else is, as you mentioned, man. So looking forward to your review on that one, when you got that coming out, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that. I do want to mention something that you said when you were talking about money, because we, we get this, there, there's prosperity gospel, but then there's also poverty gospel. And I think that both of those things are very, very dangerous, but only one of them gets a lot of airplay. It's, right. it's again, it's, it's the love of money. It's the worship of money that is the root of all evil, not money itself, because there are plenty of, of Christians that have been blessed with great intellects or great business sense, or they get lucky, as it were. They're able to provide a lot of things. Like, where do you think the money comes from? for your favorite pro-life charity. Like it it doesn't come from the people that are living paycheck to paycheck. It comes from these people that can write an enormous check and not even feel it. And to to say that that is somehow categorically bad is just, it's a nonsense. And even beyond that, again, you have to think like, if you're someone like me, that's very, very competitive. uh, I'm very envious. I want to be where other people are and I'm going to do what other people are doing like that type of thing. You've got to really, really check yourself. That's why I think Jesus spent so much time talking about money not because money in and of itself is bad. It's because it needs to be under voluntary control. The same thing, like people want to get rid of guns right now because they're dangerous. It's like guns are a tool, just like money is, just like medicine is. You don't put them in the hands of no one. That doesn't solve the problem. You put them in the hands of people that know how to use it. So medicine is really, really dangerous. So that's why you put it in the hands of a qualified pharmacist, right? Or a medical doctor, right? Same thing with firearms. You try your best not to put them in the hands of people that intend to hurt other people with them that are innocent, right? You know, and we don't have to get into gun stuff. I did an hour and a half long episode last week about mass shootings and the gun violence stuff. But to go into the what is a woman thing and the Matt Walsh thing, and, and, and again, if your audience hasn't seen it, you know, we don't want to spoil it and you know, we're going to talk about it next week. But it's so interesting that an entire worldview can be dismantled with a single question because the answer to that single question or uh, most uh, often the non-answer is what it gives you the answer to what these people actually think. And these are the people that are in in power at these children's hospitals that are advocating for these phalloplasties where they basically take a piece of your forearm and sew it to the front of of your female parts and pretend it's a penis uh, and all these different things. And, and, And it's a social contagion where you have, you're influencing these young girls and young boys, telling them that they're the opposite gender, as opposed to telling them, no, you're not. Because you know, there's a thing called furries. I don't know if you talked about that in the documentary, but there are people that think that they are animals. 
There was somebody here recently that came out, said that they were wolf gender or something like that, that they aligned with the wolf, that they are themselves a wolf. There are teachers in schools all over the country who these kids will not talk in the classroom. They will only make the noises of animals. And they say and their friends will communicate because apparently their friends speak moron and their friends will tell the teacher and they'll say, hey, you know, uh, he's a furry. He identifies as a cat or as a bunny or something like that. And we're supposed to be like, oh, because that's a queer identity. And that's in the LGBTQ side of things. And so you're not allowed to talk about that. But again, this is one of the things as a parent, if you're not willing to give an apologia, if you're not willing to give an answer for why you believe the way that you believe, you're going to get ran over by the cultural revolution. You're going to sit there and clap like the other seals uh, whenever all you have to do is say, yeah, this is ridiculous. Over the weekend in Dallas, there was a drag show at a gay bar where a bunch of children were brought to the to the drag show. And these children, again, we're talking seven, eight, nine-year-olds, maybe they're putting money in the thongs of these men dressed up like women. These men are walking them down the catwalk. There's a neon sign on the wall that says it won't lick itself. Right. And then there's another one. That I think it said, uh, if I suck it, I own it. There was, there were these signs that are all over the place. And you know, one of the most awesome things that I saw from that video, because you want to talk about being so mad, you can spit nails, watch that video. But as these drag queens, otherwise known as you know, sexual deviant males, are leaving the facility to go to their cars, there were people saying, what is wrong with you? What, what is, what, are you really going to dance sexually in front of kids? Literally, what is wrong with you? And people are like, oh my gosh, those people are so bigoted and so unwelcoming, so all that. It's like, no, no, these people should be publicly shamed for being a part of the sexual exploitation of children. And the parents, my God, where were the police? Because you're not allowed to have a child in an environment. Like if I took my two-year-old, well, he's two years old, but let's say I had a seven-year-old son. If I took him to a strip club, right? Don't you think the police might be called? If I'm saying, yeah, son, you know, uh, put your face between your two boobies and just, you know, let it work, you know, sexual revolution or something like that. Again, we have to be able to push back, but you have to understand these arguments aren't that hard to understand. They're not that hard to push back on. You don't have to go through a systematic theology to understand how to push back against woke transgender ideology. You just need to have the, the balls to do it, essentially. Exactly right. And just do it. So often people just sit back. It's like, well, that, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And then, and then many parents act like they don't know what happened. It's like, are you kidding me? Get involved and actually take a little bit of uh, responsibility for who you're raising and uh, what you're putting out there. So, man, this is so good, dude. I know you've got big visions for for Undaunted Life and, and what you're doing here, man. So just share with us just a little bit more about your your heart with that and 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 why you started it, and then you know where you see it going, you know, multiple years from now. Yeah, so uh, I know to everyone in your audience that loves reading like self help books and leadership books or like John Maxwell books, which is basically the same book thirty five times. <laughs> right. um, you know, you're supposed to have a plan. You're supposed to write it down. You're supposed to have your goals. And I've talked about goals and I know goals are really important. You're supposed to look at your goals and you're supposed to internalize it and write it on your mirror in the mornings and I can do it and all that. Part of what I'm doing in this process in my life is I'm hanging on for dear life. Because again, as I I think I've already mentioned, I've got a two-year-old and a two-month-old, which is to say I have no time to do anything whatsoever that's productive. We don't have family here. We don't have someone that we can just drop the kids off at. My wife and I are both entrepreneurs. We both run businesses from our homes. And like right now, like there's no internet uh, in our area because of storms. And so I'm trying to run this through my phone. So I can't do most of the things I need to do that require the internet, just kind of the way of it. And so I do think it's a little bit disingenuous for Christians that aren't even guaranteed a breath tomorrow to build out these big elongated plans for what they're going to do. Now, 
You do need to have some sense of a direction that you're going, but you need to build a corridor around that heading so that you can veer off a little bit if the market requires it. But for now, uh, most of what we're doing centers on the podcast, which we release twice a week. We typically do an interview on Tuesdays and then uh, a solo episode with me on Thursdays. Sometimes that changes. Sometimes there's additions or something like that. In the podcast, we've seen a tremendous amount of growth, and that's the main focus of what we do. But we also have devotionals on the Uversion Bible app. I hate writing. Like I'm, I'm not terrible at it, but I hate it. I'd rather put you know five bullet points on a piece of paper and just flow for 45 minutes. But you know, in the future. Is there going to be a book that kind of summarizes a lot of these philosophies? I'd say it's probably more likely than not likely at this point. But what I really feel like, and maybe this will be helpful uh, for the people in your audience, is you go through seasons in life where you just have to do what you what you can in that season. And so like before this podcast, trying to get ready, like I had to get the baby up and get him because I'm basically taking care of the two-year-old where my wife's taking care of the two-month-old. I had to get him ready to get him out of the house and do all these different things. And I did not have as much time to work out as hard as I would have wanted to. But I got in what I could. I got in deadlift. I got in pull-ups. I got in a little bit of core work. And I wasn't able to hit the cardio because I wasn't going to be late for this because that would be incredibly disrespectful of your time, right? And so you do what you can. So am I going to be able to be at my utmost peak athleticism for this entire season? No, but I'm going to book it and go as hard as I possibly can in the limited amount of time that I have. The same thing with my business. I'm doing what it takes, waking up earlier, staying up late while still maintaining a certain level of sleep because recovery is so unbelievably important. But I feel like 2022 is a setup for 2023. It's hard to go do speaking gigs right now when you have to leave the family, when there's no one that can help with the babies. I get that. But by next year, babies will be a little bit more further along. They'll be a little bit easier to deal with. And you know, I'm really just trying to set myself up for what I can do and control the controllables. Because here's what I can control. I can't control if I go viral. I can't. I can't control if some you know massive podcaster finds my show and goes, oh my gosh, I got to get this guy on. And, and you know, all of a sudden, my show blows up by 10,000% overnight. I can't control any of that. But what I can control in this season is I can make the best content possible every single time that I turn this microphone on, which is technically not hooked up to anything because the internet sucks. But that, that's, that's what I can control. So when someone comes on my show, I put a lot of preparation into the people that come on my show. If they've got a book, I read it. If they've got YouTube videos, I watch them. If they've got a podcast, I listen. Because I want to ask the questions that no one else is going to ask. I want to dig deeper. And I want to go beyond the questions like, look at this. So I just had Jack Carl on not that long ago, number one New York Times bestselling author. Well, when they send you, you know, the early copy of the book, they send you these questions. Here's like, you know, here's a setup, here's the bio and all those different things. And hey, here, dummy, here's 10 questions to ask because we know you're not going to do your own research. I purposely do not look at those questions. Zero percent chance that I'm gonna look at those questions because those are the same questions they are asked all the time, and it is gonna be laborious for them to answer them for the 50th time that week. I'm never gonna do that. That's what I can control. Does it suck sometimes? You know, to, to spend the hours and hours and hours I do with people's content. Yeah, it does. But when a big person like a Jack Carr or I'm having John Eldridge on later this week, I just released an episode with Tim Kennedy. When they give you a compliment off air that says, man, you really read the book. Like you really engage with my content before you talk to me. Thank you for that. I mean, they're not writing me a check and telling me you're so awesome. You're worth this much to me or something like that. But if you're going to donate an hour of your time to me, I'm going to at least put in my full effort to you. And so to the entrepreneurs out there that are maybe in a tough season or something like that, realize, do what you can to keep moving forward. Because I'm not a positive thinking guy. Like I'm incredibly pessimistic. I think shame is one of the best motivators on planet earth. The reason why I work out so much is because I don't want to be fat like I used to be, right? When I was, when I was a teenager or something like that. Do what you can to continue moving forward. And sometimes you have to 
gear down and just maintain that speed for a little bit before you can shoot for it in the future. It's okay. You'll be, you'll be fine. You'll survive. Love it, man. I love it. That's so good. And that's, I mean, action brings clarity is, is just what I, I kept just saying in my head when you were saying that, man, because it's like, you don't necessarily know where, where you're going, but you're going to operate in excellence and with whatever you're doing and know that that's going to be the impact that, that somebody's going to see or notice. Ultimately, you're playing for an audience of one, man. And if you have that mentality and work ethic, it's, uh, you're always going to win. It's great stuff, dude. Undaunted Life, is that, is that when they're searching for your podcast? We'll obviously put a link to that because obviously we have podcast listeners, hence they're listening to this mm-hmm. thing here. Is it uh, iTunes, Spotify? Where, where can they go to actually find that? Uh, yeah, our show's place. everywhere. Yeah, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. So it's Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. That's the full name of the show. Uh, so you can search Undaunted Life or you can search Kyle Thompson. Our website is www.undaunted.life. So you can you know get to it through there as well. But literally everywhere where you go, the show's you know near the top you know five six percent of shows worldwide. So if you type in my name or type in type in the name of the ministry, you'll find it. I love it, man. It's it's so good and. And King's Council and our listeners, we really believe in uh, in the law of sowing and reaping, man. And so how can we best serve you moving forward and just the mission, vision, purpose that uh, you feel that, that God has you on right now? Yeah, I appreciate that. It's actually, it's pretty simple and, and pretty specific. In terms of the podcast, if you like it, don't keep it a secret. Okay, that's one thing that, that men are really bad at. I'm a natural doc connector, so I right. I'm not wired that way. But a lot of men will be like, man, this book is awesome. All right, moving on. As opposed to texting five guys that I know, like, dude, you got to go buy this book. So if you like our show, share it around for people. And one of the ways to help it digitally be shared around is by leaving it a review. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, stop, give it five stars, leave it a review. If it's four stars or below, move on with your life. You know, like you don't have to leave a review. Same thing on Spotify. Like the algorithms love that whenever a lot of people are subscribing, when a lot of people are listening, when a lot of new devices are plugged in. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is the main reason we're able to maintain operations here at Undaunted Life is because we have a group of donors, right? Yeah, a lot of donors that, that give to what we do here. And so we're talking everything from five bucks a month up to $500 a month. It's people that engage with our content and like it. And I'm the type of guy that, I like content for free, right? I'm just like most people. Like I want to listen to the podcast for free and I want to watch the movie for free. I want to do all these things. I want to give people any money. But if if somebody's producing something that is of tremendous value to you, it is almost incumbent upon you to support that individual in any way that you can. So when I put a devotion out on version, like that's free, but it took dozens of hours to get that content right to where it could be packaged for you. That is of value, but I'm not going to define that value for you. Right. So that value to you might be five bucks. That value to do to you might be 250 bucks. But we would encourage people that if you like our content, if you like our mission of equipping men to be able to push back darkness, go to undaunted.life backslash donate. Again, that is the biggest way for us to have impact because everything we do costs money. Equipment costs money. Paying other people for their for their time and, and their input, especially for with some of the stuff that we're looking to create in the future, like books, b- group studies, rites of passage content for fathers with sons. All that stuff is going to take an unbelievable amount of time and an unbelievable amount of resources. And as far as I'm concerned, and as far as I've been told, money doesn't grow on trees. And so we need you guys. We need your help. If you like what we're doing, support us. Yeah, I love it, man. And uh, again, I will just second that, guys. Again, uh, this is what the the body of Christ is like. And if you are a kingdom entrepreneur listening to this, you know that you've been given that ability to to make money, to create wealth, and then ultimately make money serve us. And so do something good with it and, and donating to, to Kyle and what they're doing here with Undaunted Life, know that that will actually 
go on good soil, as we are called to, to sow into good soil that he is doing uh, right with those dollars that you would be sowing. So do yourselves a favor, leave him that review, listen to that podcast. It's great, man. I saw the Tim Kennedy episode. I was playing that a little bit before we hopped on here, man. I was doing my research. So I love your philosophies, Kyle. And not really philosophy, just a way of life of how we should really, truly all be living that undaunted life, man. So I really appreciate you being on the show, brother. Thanks for having me, Riley. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. If you loved what you heard, give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also watch this episode and much more on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash King's Council Coaching.